politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and subjects of the state to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house for our first show in August as the summer of tyranny moves on. And it is a hot summer. It is also a very tyrannical summer. We've been talking about the mixture of anarchy and tyranny, which really come together. You know, I was thinking, as I'm recording, I'm looking at a headline from the New York Post. Victim in Queens NYPD chokehold bust has been arrested again. So the worst criminals are are the victims now. The cop that put him in, it it wasn't a damaging chokehold. The guy was being violent. um, And basically, he was arrested a couple months ago. The cop wound up being arrested for arresting him because everything is backwards. And now this guy has been released two other times. This time, he was charged Ricky Bellevue with robbery, menacing, possession of marijuana, possession of a stolen credit card for allegedly snatching a 14-year-old's backpack on a train. And he'll be let go again. Because this is the world we live in. We live in a world that you and I could never have conjured up. Where you have a virus that, the same virus that is used as an impetus to put diapers on our faces. And we all compl- you know, are totally compliant. Lock down our lives. No matter how many times we demonstrate, it doesn't work. And we have tons of new evidence of that today. That same impetus is being used to let go murderers, murderers from from prison. Then you have the rioting that coincides with it. At the same time, they're threatening jail time for those of us who don't comply. They release from jail murderers and don't even initially lock up those who vandalize and loot and block traffic and beat and harm people as long as it's done. For the right reason. Like I said, folks, I am all for abolishing the police at this point. If the only thing police will be used for is against us and not against the bad guys, then who needs them? Again, I'm not blaming most rank and file police, but if this is what the police chiefs and the you know city politicians are going to do, then then where are we? But what I could never have imagined more than anything else is not so much that this would happen in America one day, but that this mix of gross hypocrisy and cowardice and anarchy and tyranny together would be implemented by the left and the so-called right from the Republican politicians to the county officials to Republican voters wouldn't rebel. I've been looking for a place to vacation and I didn't even realize until today that West Virginia... West Virginia has a mask mandate. Where are we? Why are we so silent? And how is it that Republicans are so paralyzed from the stupid BLM agenda when we see that the BLM agenda mixed with the lockdown, the two two big issues of our time, the anarchy and the tyranny, the blood libels matter, rioting, and the lockdown and the most ubiquitous infringement upon natural rights and civil liberties in the history of our country, it's harming blacks more than anyone else. And it it ties back into the virus. Chicago shooting suspect 
was paroled in April after gun sentence. This is a new article from NBC Chicago. 25-year-old man suspected in a violent shootout with Chicago police Thursday behind the 25th District Headquarters was released in April after serving time in a gun offense. Correction officials say the suspect, Lovell Jordan, did not leave prison early and received no preferential treatment. Yeah, right. I don't believe it. Then we have a convicted murderer set loose decades early because she might catch COVID. Yolo County, California, just west of Sacramento. It was a resident strolling around town. Tariba Williams. She was released from prison. And let me tell you, she was no run-of-the-mill uh, low-level offender. She was convicted of one of the most gruesome murders ever committed in that county. She was serving an 84-year sentence for it. She barely served a quarter of the sentence and has now been released. The same virus that is being used as an impetus to throw you and me in jail is being used as an impetus to let people like her out. She was convicted in 2001 of first-degree murder, used a firearm carjacking kidnapping of a 23-year-old, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's a whole story in, in and of itself, but these are the people being released. Where's the outrage? This week, Republicans plan to send more money to all these governors, spend another trillion dollars. And of course, Democrats are balking, saying it's not enough. So they'll bid it up even more. This is, as I warn, this happens every time. And Republicans have no narrative. Trump is yelling out Fauci and Burks. But the last time I checked, they work for him. Why are they still around? Why have they been around for the last three months? Chicago murders jumped 139% in July compared to a year ago. There were 105 murders in Chicago. I believe all of them were black in July compared to 44 last July. The number of shootings rose from 232 to 406. How hard is it for Republicans to stand before the American people and say the BLM agenda... Deincarceration, forcing police to stand back, is resulting in so many lives lost. That's a winning issue. And then how hard is it for them to stand before the American people and say that the BLM agenda of rioting is destroying black businesses and the corona fascism is destroying black businesses? This is from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Half of black workers in Minnesota have lost work during pandemic. More than one quarter of black workers were still making weekly unemployment claims last week compared to just 9% of white workers. If you want to talk about a racial imbalance, this is actually one where it's true. The lockdowns have crushed black workers. So you have a lot of, you know, upper income workers, you know, they're enjoying it. I got relatives that are, you know, they, I mean, they don't agree with what's going on, but they're enjoying working from home, not having to travel, 
Often they earn the same amount of money by doing a fraction of the work. It's a good job. Nearly one in two black workers in in Minnesota have applied for unemployment benefits since mid-March. More than twice the amount of white workers. There we go. There we go. I'm not sure if they mentioned this, but to me, what's obvious also is that a lot of black businesses got burned down. Again, this is another great example of how the tyranny and the anarchy, the rioting and the corona fascism merge and come full circle to destroy the very people that its very propagators seek to protect or claim purport to protect. So there's that story today. Then I want to read to you this. If you want to know where this is coming from, where this is headed, Daniel, there's no way we could have such an unjust government that would lock us down, threaten us with arrest, while allowing the most violent people to run loose and even release them under the same guise of coronavirus. Well, this is from the Washington Post today, or it was over the weekend. A coronavirus vaccine won't change the world right away. What did I tell you? The media is conditioning us. See, the media had to promote this idea of a vaccine in order to get people to do this because you know, no one's going to do this indefinitely. So like, no, 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 just, just another couple months. Don't worry, we're, we're going to have a vaccine. But once they have people socially conditioned, now they're like, well, not so fast. Public health experts are discussing among themselves a new worry that hopes for a vaccine may be soaring too high. The confident depiction by politicians and companies that a vaccine is imminent and inevitable may give people unrealistic beliefs about how soon the world can return to normal and even spark resistance to simple strategies that can tamp down transmission and save lives in the short run. Two coronavirus vaccines entered the final stages of human testing last week a scientific speed record that prompted top government officials to utter words such as historic and astounding. As the as plot line advances, so do expectations. If people can just muddle through a few more months, the vaccine will land, the pandemic will end, and everyone can throw their masks away. But best-case scenarios have failed to materialize. Quote, it seems to me unlikely that a vaccine is an on-off switch or a reset button where we will go back to pre-pandemic times, said Yonatan Grad, an assistant professor of infectious diseases and immunology at Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Or as Columbia University virologist Angela Rasmussen puts it, quote, it's not like we're going to the land of Oz. Look at that, folks. For those who do get a vaccine as soon as shots become available, protection won't be immediate. It takes weeks for the immune system to call up full platoons of disease-fighting antibodies, and many vaccine, vaccine technologies will require a second shot weeks after the first to raise immune defenses. I mean, this is so predictable. Immunity could be short-lived or partial, requiring repeated boosters that strain the vaccine supply or require people to keep social distancing and wearing masks even, even after they've received their shots. And if a vaccine works less, well, for some groups or people, if swaths, swaths of the population are reluctant to get a vaccine or if there isn't enough to go around, some people will get sick even after scientists declare victory on a vaccine. Notice they never talk about nat- natural herd immunity. They never talk about what is actually going on, that this thing still is widely 
Not worse than the flu for most people. And in fact, for most people, much less than the flu. Most people I know who have gotten it, they barely knew they had it. Many people indeed didn't know they had it until they had an antibody test. It's it, it, it's people who are immunocompromised. And by the way, um, there's been a lot of new information. Maybe we'll get to it later in the week. On a theory I was positing early on is that it's not even about old people. It, it's about immunocompromised. It's just that obviously a much greater share of elderly people are immunocompromised. So therefore... Um, for them, it's serious. But if you have someone like my father who's 70 years old and, you know, really good health, it really is, is not much of a risk. If you look at the States, the number of people who died in nursing homes, and then you look at the number of people who died over the age of 70, 75, it's almost synonymous, which tells you that very few people not in nursing homes died at that age. And the ones that did had a heart condition or diabetes, which a lot do, but there are a lot who don't. And the point is, it's those people you need to shield and stratify. And the longer you forestall herd immunity, the more this is going to happen. Because again, of course, this is not that bad to begin with. And the vaccine, even if it would come out, just like for the flu, a respiratory virus is never going to be anywhere near full. So the difference is not that much. We were saying this from day one. They're, they're catching up to what we were saying. But now that they suck people in, rather than saying, oh, so therefore, it's not a matter of vaccine. Let's just be normal about this. Be rational. No. Now they suck people into the thought that this is like Ebola or something, and we need a vaccine. Oh, but the vaccine is not going to be full. So, dude, we got you under our thumb for lives, for, 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 for your entire livelihood. Meanwhile, we're finding... The truth on what is going on. You see, a lot of you have wondered, man, what do I believe? They say studies say this, studies say that. No, no one knows what to believe. It's kind of like garbage in, garbage out. But there is one study that is greater than any other study, and that is reality. Simple observations of what people have been doing what governments have been doing for weeks and months on end, and the fact that everywhere where they've done this stuff, it has spread far and wide. And again, in most places, most people don't really get that sick, and that's kind of our point. And that's how you achieve a herd immunity on the cheap. But what we've seen consistently is they don't work. They don't work. So first, I'm actually going to talk about where it seems like things are at least at this point, are not resurging. The one place that you don't see resurgence. And they're not doing any of this. And that is in the Nordic countries. Now, everyone knows Sweden didn't do any of this garbage. But the truth be told, even the other Nordic countries, they didn't have as strict of a lockdown as the other European countries did. But moreover, they're not dealing with this mass garbage. This is not, um, this is an article from the Daily Mail. This is from the Netherlands, so it's not really a Nordic country, but similar dynamic. This is a reporter from the UK Daily Mail. As I walked through the sun-dappled streets of Amsterdam, a- Amsterdam, something felt strange in this world swept by fear and pandemic. There was laughter coming from barges. 
Sliding along the famous canals, clusters of cyclists clogged the streets. Shoppers dipped into chick boutiques. The barbershops seemed busy in cafes, served couples chatting over coffee. And he goes on to note that the nation's top scientists have ex- examined key data and research, have declared there is no firm evidence to back the use of face coverings. Indeed, they argue that wearing the wretched things may actually hamper the fight against disease. Quote, face masks in public places are not necessary based on all the current evidence, said Cohen Bernard, uh, Barron's spokesman for the National Institute for Public Health and the Environment. There is no benefit and there may even be negative impact. This is a bold but highly controversial stance, especially as fears grow of a second wave sweeping through Europe. Downing Street joined the global stampede to enforce masks in public spaces, supermarkets and stations followed by Scotland, Spain, and France, along with Holland's neighboring nations of Belgium and Germany. Notice it's all the liberal Western European governments that had a bad result to begin with. It's a complete joke complete joke and that's the story it's a complete lie notice how they're not having a problem because folks we're seeing every day how Johnny Anitas and Michael Levitt and uh, Oxford epidemiologist Sunetra Gupta, they were right from day one. The virus is going to virus. The virus is going to do what it does, as we spoke about so deeply on Friday about the 1957 Asian flu. We always understood this. You can't stop a respiratory virus. It's going to go where it goes based on the genetics and geography and topography. It's going to kind of do what it does a little bit uniquely in each place. Latitude, seasonality in terms of the timing. It hits the south later. And it's going to go there. And the lockdowns and the mask wearing don't help. Masks literally don't help because they don't filter it out. I mean, everyone knew that. And if anything, you have more cross-contamination. Lockdowns, they work, so to speak, if you catch it very early before there's a high degree of seroprevalence. But then even there... They don't. So where you have all these places like Spain and Italy and 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 like the northeast of America that did it after already spread. I mean, you got the worst of all worlds. Probably spread it even worse because you lock people down indoors, which, uh, you know, in, in their homes, which is the primary place to spread. Switzerland just did a study on this. Homes is almost where it all spreads. That's the joke. Unless you want to forbid people from being with their family and lock down every human being in their own home. It's not going to help. But even if you did that, because even in the areas where they had an effective lockdown, a.k.a. they did it early, Israel, Australia, Japan, California, Hawaii, really Texas and Florida, they did lockdown too. They, they barely got it there. It works until it doesn't work because you can't be locked down that way for more than a few months. Everyone agrees. Then what do you do? Now you come out, you have a weakened healthcare system, you have a weakened immunity You have a weakened economy to then deal with the inevitable virus that's going to hit you. You can't run or hide from it. 
Oh, okay, fine. We're gonna we're gonna go out of lockdown, but we're gonna have a mask mandate. I've mentioned this before. I have an article out today from Fort Benning to Japan and Hawaii. Masks do not work. We talked about this before. How you had mandatory mask wearing on military bases. Let me tell you, if a drill sergeant catches you without it, you're in big trouble. So there is going to be a full degree of compliance. The 640 trainees came off the buses to attend basic training at Fort Benning in May. Four of their recruits tested positive. They tested all of them. Automatically, four tested positive. They removed them from the group, and the remaining soldiers were placed into isolation for 14 days. There was no training, no nothing. They're like, okay, let's have a clean slate. After 14-day quarantine, they're all retested. Every single one was negative. So now you have a quarantined, isolated universe of people no virus. No virus there. Think about this. How did it even get in? No virus. Then they start training. Full panoply of obsessive social distancing, superstitious measures, and mandatory mask wearing. Again, you can't get greater compliance than that. Yet, just eight days later, after one recruit had some symptoms, they tested everyone again. 142 trainees tested positive, 22%. So you see, you had it eradicated. You had it, you know, because again, this is an isolated universe of people. It, it, it was zero. And he had still managed to get in, including with mask wearing. And it still managed to, to spread. You can't run or hide from God. That's God's judgment. At the same time, you see the divine mercy. According to the reports I've seen, almost everyone was asymptomatic and and nobody needed to be hospitalized because they were younger. Healthy people. So it's actually a good thing. That's how you achieve herd immunity. And notice how it hit that brick wall at 22%. The Diamond Princess ship was 17%. I believe the USS Theodore Roosevelt was 24%. Right around that rough area is where you have that inherent cross immunity from enough people and it seems to stop. So all we did in these places was we forestalled the inevitable, not 80-90%. You need about 15-25%. to Some places is going to be less, some places is going to be more. And the more you achieve that 20% with the healthier people, the fewer people that will die, and the quicker you get this over with. Don't trust my word. Trust what the media is saying. They're now saying the vaccine is not a placebo, even if somehow you would rush it out. And we're seeing this everywhere. The same dynamic. Where no matter what you do, it will spread. But also, no matter what you do, it kind of stops at about 20%. That is what it does. We're seeing this everywhere. Everywhere. Penn State did a terrific study. About a month ago, it was uh, published, peer-reviewed. And they estimated the seroprevalence in March in various places. In New York and New Jersey, had a very high prevalence. It was already like 8-10%. CDC said long ago that mitigation efforts don't work once you hit 1%. 
places like Hawaii and California had less than 1%. It didn't really go there. So it worked in the sense that, yeah, it didn't, it delayed the spread. It didn't come until it does come. California and Hawaii have had the strictest, longest lockdowns ever. They still have never emerged from more than a modified phase one reopening. They've had mask mandates in place since April. Hawaii is an island. They have police running around while they're letting out criminals, by the way, and murderers there. I believe 40% of Hawaii's jails are empty. They will throw you in jail. If, if they catch it, there's been all these stories, someone caught on the beach, this and that. They have the most draconian lockdown. Literally a house arrest in, in Hawaii. Plus mask mandate. Guess what happened? There has been a 700% increase in cases over the last 30 days in Hawaii. Because the virus does what it does. Hawaii is... What is it, south of the 20th parallel? It's very much in the south. It hit it later. As these viruses tend to do, as many seasoned virologists have warned, that's what it does. Same thing with Israel, which is also pretty far south, and Australia, which is the other hemisphere. They did a lockdown very early before it was prevalent, and it seemed to work until it didn't. They've had mask mandates. They seem to work until they didn't. Germany has had a mask mandate and they had a pretty good result before. Now they don't. It's coming back. It's going to likely hit most. I don't want to say everywhere. It could be there will be places that will escape it, but certainly population centers. You know, remote areas might never have to get it that much, but um, it's going to it's going to have to hit that mark. But you know what? Notice there's a lot of news over the weekend. Texas, Florida, Arizona, California. They seem to be hitting about 15% seroprevalence. And the hospitalizations are plummeting. You're going to have a backlog of some of the deaths. And again, every day we have these stories of, you know, that, that nurse, they said that young nurse in her 20s who died, turned out she died of a kidney disease to actually test a negative for, for the virus. So there's a lot of that garbage going on too. But it's going down. That is the lesson. Masks don't work at all. Lockdowns are unsustainable. Kill more people and only delay it until you inevitably have to come out of it. Especially once the virus spreads there seasonally. And now they tell us the vaccines. Well, I don't know how much it's going to help. Certain people won't be effective in. Everyone won't be fully effective. It's going to take a while. You're going to need multiple doses. And that's just now. You can imagine how the goalposts will be moved if you actually get to that point. So you tell me. You tell me what's the other solution aside from what South Dakota and Sweden did. What is the other solution? Because there is none. If we would have actually burn this out among kids and others early on, not only would there have been demonstrably fewer people have died from drug overdoses and suicides. There's a ter- terrible story over the weekend how an 11-year-old died from all the isolation, committed suicide. 
but we would have had this done with much quicker. Much quicker. Martin Kulldorff is a professor in California. In my view, it is precisely because COVID is a very serious and dangerous disease that we should reject the idea of a general lockdown and instead be scientific and smart about it. That's all you could do. Imagine if we would have had schools opened. We could have burned this out quicker. They are the ones killing grandma. It's from a study published recently on Japan by Japanese researchers. They studied school closures and they found where is this? Quote, the intervention of school closure did not appear to decrease the incidence of coronavirus infection. They studied it from March 1st, you know, when they closed schools. And they found no results, no difference. School closure carried out in Japan did not show any mitigating effect on the transmission of novel coronavirus infection. Here we go. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. How much of this needs to go on for the, in, in, until we stop this? But again, what they do is they use their failure against us. Like, oh, it's spreading. We, we need to crush your liberties more. You must be doing something wrong. Maybe people aren't doing anything wrong by breathing. Maybe it's not our fault. Maybe, just maybe, you got to turn to God. For once in your life. Stop this superstitious crap. Just doesn't work. How much more of this do we need to see? Utterly. Utterly ridiculous. And that's where we are today. And that's the thing. It used to be that in order to crush sacred life, liberty, and property, the court said you had to demonstrate that, A, this is effective. What you're doing is needed. It's effective. And it is the least restrictive means of achieving that vital state interest that would be achieved through this restriction. And then, you know, you have to have it for a limited period of time. Here, it's just a free-for-all. No one's ever asking what happened to the Constitution. Any county or state official could just get up there and say, hey, I'm holding a press conference. This is what we're doing today. You can't breathe free air. Shut up. Put duct tape on your mouth. Whoa. And notice all the censorship. The boycotting, firing people from their positions to speak up. Why are they scared to debate the facts? Well, I think they have good reason to be scared. As I mentioned last week, there is no constitutional justification for a state putting a travel ban on residents of another state. I used to joke around and say it's like they're going back to the Articles of Confederation, but it's not really true. Even in the Articles of Confederation, 
when we were operating under that system. States could not do that. They were able to ban interstate commerce. They were able to regulate that. They were not able to regulate interstate travel of American citizens. Article 4 of the Articles of Confederation, you could look it up, quote, the people of each state shall have free ingress and regress to and from any other state. So it's obvious that when we adopted the Constitution, which was designed to prevent states from even banning commerce and making more uniformity, certainly it would bar states from regulating American citizens, saying you have to be under house arrest. No. Supreme Court said in U.S. v. Guest, 1966, a right so elementary as interstate travel was conceived from the beginning to be a necessary concomitant of the stronger union the Constitution created. Meaning, meaning if, if the Constitution was creating a stronger union than the Articles of Confederation, certainly that ban on it, you know, barring states from banning interstate travel was in place. The court wrote, as recently as 1999, a lot of the same justices on the bench. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I, I believe, wrote, wrote this. Sands v. Roe. Indeed, as Justice Stewart reminded us in Shapiro v. Thompson, 1969, the right is so important that it is assertable against private interference as well as governmental action, a virtually unconditional personal right guaranteed by the Constitution to us all. Okay. It is in the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the 14th Amendment, which piggybacks off of Article 4, Section 2, Clause 1. Quote, the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens of the several st- in, in the several states. So, you know, like my sister was planning on going from Maryland to Cape Cod on vacation. Well, she had to switch to South Carolina because they're saying you can't leave your domicile place your place of residence for 14 days. That is completely unconstitutional. Completely unconstitutional. And by the way, the courts in the past, if you look at these cases, these were cases like one was in California where they were trying to block residents of other states from moving in to get welfare. And they said, look, you can't do that. Now, welfare is a positive privilege, right? That's a positive thing. You could live free, freely like, hey, uh, you're minding your own business. We're minding ours. You're the one coming to the state asking for welfare. So we're going to say we're not going to give it to you. And nonetheless, they still said you can't deny it to out-of-state residents. The notion that you could put a positive on their negative, you can't just merely walk in locomotion without us putting you under house arrest. It's a very important point. Because again, we're not just like restricting saying, hey, don't engage in certain activities. We're saying you cannot merely walk free in another state after, for 14 days. And then even afterwards, you can't walk around without duct tape on your mouth. That is completely unconstitutional. That is unconstitutional. Blackstone defined individual liberty as the power of locomotion, of changing situation, or moving one's person to whatsoever place one's own inclination may direct without imprisonment or restraint unless by due course of law. There's been no due process here. John Locke, 
explain the origin of liberty in a society. Quote, to understand political power right and derive it from its original, we must consider what state all men are naturally in, and that is a state of perfect freedom to order their actions and dispose of their possessions and persons as they think fit within the bounds of the law of nature without asking leave or depending upon the will of any other man. Now, I want to go and do an active thing. Okay, so a state could regulate that. But if I just want to stay in a state of motion, I could walk and breathe freely, and you can't say I have to wear a mask or I have to be shut in my home. Especially when you're healthy. As I've said before, a state has the power to quarantine, but quarantine always meant the sick, separating the sick from the healthy. You can't presume everyone from a certain state to be sick without evidence, without due process. This was the whole point of, a lot of people forget this. This was the Obamacare case, NFIB v. Sebelius, where it was established that government cannot force you to engage in a positive action. It can only regulate your activity, but not regulate your inactivity. That was the whole thing where you can't force people to purchase health insurance. Even John Roberts with his convoluted garbage, he had to say that, no, it's because of the fine, so it's like the power of taxation. But, but, but not that they have the power to regulate. That was the whole thing that everyone was talking about at the time. What if government would say, look, you know, and, and there's a lot more evidence behind this than masks and lockdowns. And just the contrary, as we've just explained. We have a big obesity problem in this country. It costs society a lot of money. What if the government were to say everyone has to eat three vegetables and three fruits a day? This is what Scalia talked about during oral arguments at the time. You cannot remain in locomotion without eating your veggies. We will force you to. Or you'll be fined or thrown in jail. You can't do that. This is not North Korea. And if anything, in my example, there's actually more science behind that than what we're doing here. Again, an irony of all irony is the biggest risk factor, really. A lot, you know, behind a lot of this is obesity in terms of COVID deaths. But here we are. Nobody's even asking this. Nobody's even questioning this. I don't get it. Why do we just assume that we don't have rights? Oh, Daniel, this is this is different. This is an emergency. It's, it's, it's a, a pandemic. Well, meanwhile, we've had worse pandemics. And we've never done this as we talked about in 1957. But again, I'll quote to you the great Justice Robert Jackson, Supreme Court Justice in the 1950s, 40s. He was the lead prosecutor at the Nuremberg trial. He was the main dissenter in the Japanese internment case, Korematsu. He wrote in the famous landmark Youngstown case in 1952. The founders, quote, knew what emergencies were, knew the pressures they engender for authoritative action, knew, too, how they afford a ready pretext for usurpation. We may also suspect they suspected that emergency powers would tend to kindle emergencies. Aside from suspension of the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus in time of rebellion or invasion, when the public safety may require it, they made no express provision for exercise of extraordinary authority because of a crisis. Folks, in other words, the Constitution doesn't wear a mask and natural rights do not lock down. 
And yet we are told that any clownish garbage man of a county executive or governor could just hold a press conference and say, we're going to indefinitely mandate on your personage, on your property, the most intimate and draconian regulations indefinitely without any timestamp, any benchmarks, any evidence of efficacy even after it's been proven ineffective, which is why they're creating the next regulation, because the first one didn't work. And we're told to just shut up. Oh, and by the way, we're just letting out criminals too. Because we're very, you're going to follow the law. Oh, except criminals and rioters and looters and people blocking the streets and lynching motorists out of their cars. Why am I the only one giving such a presentation? Where are these great voices on Fox News, cable, the so-called conservative movement, the pathetic Republican Party, Mr. Trump himself? Where is the re-election narrative? Instead, Republicans are working on a bill to to throw $110 billion at the education cartel. I'm not kidding you. $110 and $10 billion, $5 billion for governors to use whatever they want, $70 billion to schools, like $25, $30 billion to colleges without any basic conditions. Republicans are refusing to condition any state funding to not releasing violent criminals, to not violating our civil liberties. Again, Republicans control the Senate. Republicans control the White House. Republicans control the majority of county governments and about half of state governments. Why is it that we don't even have civil liberties in a state like West Virginia? Because the Republican Party is a cancer and it needs to be rooted out. This is the stone cold truth. And then you got the violence rising and rising and rising. Where do we turn to? Well, the only thing we have left until that gets taken away is the Second Amendment. But folks, in order to get a good gun, you need a good holster. And that's why I want you guys to join me in supporting our new sponsor, We The People Holsters, patriotic company, Made in America product. That is the single most important gun accessory for your arsenal. I carry it around with me now, even even in my home. I mean, you obviously can't sit and hold a gun at low ready your whole life. You got to have a good holster. The key to safety with a gun is having a secure holster that on the one hand gives you that peace of mind that is firmly snugly in there, but on the other hand, it's extremely versatile and it can be pulled out with that nice click. Starting at just $39, We The People holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. Made right here in the USA. They have thousands of options, pretty much every single gun out there, left-handed, right-handed, inside the waist, outside the waist, Ben. They have that nice patriotic logo on there. They have some cool custom ones too. They're they're a little bit more money. But folks, at 39 bucks, and then you get $10 off with promo code CR. So if you go to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CR, then put in promo code CR, you get $10 off and free shipping. You cannot get a better product out there for that price. Satisfaction guaranteed. If it's not a perfect fit, 
for whatever reason, you got the wrong model or it didn't work, send it back, total free refund. We, the people holsters.com forward slash CR. We, the people holsters.com forward slash CR. Offer code CR. Folks, we are just getting started this week. Let's converse again at our Facebook pages, Minimum Speak Easy and Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary. Let's strategize. Where are we making some sort of inroads in the red counties and red states? I'm not seeing much of it. Have hopefully more guests on the show later this week. Send me your thoughts and ideas and comments and concerns. dhorowitz at blazemedia.com. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all. Stay safe and stay armed. Stay armed.